and welcome to the Shiny Bees Podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joe Milmine, and this is episode 51. Still got it. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday the 16th of June. How are you all? I hope you're all well since last time I spoke to you. What have we got coming up for you in today's show? Well, I'll give you a little rundown of the funnier parts of the Indiebury Yarn Crawl and we'll follow that up with a little bit of Enablers Corner. After that, I've got the sock surgery for you where Claire will be joining us again with a review of Bigfoot Knits, not Bigfoot Knits, Coop knit Socks. And then I will be tying up the rest of the show with a perfume review for you, which has been somewhat of a popular segment. So, I mean, who am I to, to deprive you of yet more comedy reviews? This week, I'm going to be offering you a comedy internet review of Tribe by Coty. So, get yourself a brew and your knitting or whatever else you're working on at the moment. Make yourself comfy and we'll crack on with the show. So, as I am no doubt made you aware of my Instagram feed over the weekend, I was away to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, or not Edinburgh Yarn Festival, I keep saying that, it's not even Edinburgh Yarn Festival, um, Edinburgh Yarn Crawl, it's in Edinburgh though, which is the same place, and um, as I've been saying over the last couple of weeks, been planning to go down to this event, it is a yarn crawl around three of Edinburgh's finest yarn emporiums, and I was very much looking forward to going down and seeing a lot of uh, listeners, a lot of my friends, and having a good old look at the latest offerings in the Edinburgh yarn shops. I got, for some unknown reason again, the half past five train to Edinburgh, and um, it's not a pleasant time to be getting on the train that, it's just, just a bit too early. You know, if you got, I've got a train at half six, it would be just so much more civilised because you're getting up at a time that isn't starting with a four. Um, but I got on the train and went on my merry way, slept a little bit, well, sort of dozed for a little bit. And when I got to Dundee, a little family got on the train. So at first I thought it was a mum and two children and then it transpired it was a mum, a dad and two children. And I have two children, as you know, so I wasn't really particularly bothered about the children sitting near me. Um, but when it became apparent there was four of them, I offered to move because travelling with children is not pleasant at the best of times and their life would be so much easier if they could all sit together. But when your children are under six, you don't get a reservation on the train. Only people who actually buy a ticket get reservations which is faintly bonkers. They should at least allow you, if you're going to be travelling with children, to book a seat. I mean, what are you going to do with them otherwise? Um, So this terribly polite family spent ages telling me that I didn't need to stand up and, you know, they would all sit up, sit separately and I I was just like, look, I have children, it's fine. 
really. I've been on the train for hours anywhere. It makes no difference to me. It's just me on my own. And if I have to stand up, you know what? That's fine. And uh, they all sat down. In the meantime, before the conversation had started, I was entertaining the children whilst the parents were busy trying to stow all the bags and everything else. And uh, obviously, the little boy involved took a bit of a shine to me as a result of my over-exuberance about an orange lifeboat on the Tay and proceeded to basically chat me up the entire rest of the way to Edinburgh, including such choice things as showing me his new magazine that he'd got and telling me how old he was and asking me which house I lived at, uh, culminating in, uh, well, the penultimate thing was he spotted me knitting and he said, are you knitting? And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, oh, bet bet teaches my mummy to knit. <laughs> at which point I, I piped back, oh, is bet bet any good? And he looked at me with a really serious face and he went, bet bet's really good at knitting. And uh, and then he turned around to his mum and he's like, mummy, write this, write this address down. And it turned out it was his birthday party two weeks later. He was going to be five. And he wanted to invite me to Muddy Boots, uh, which I know what Muddy Boots is because obviously I used to live near Dundee and it's kind of like an outdoor sort of play area cafe type thing. And he invited me to Muddy Boots for his birthday if I wasn't working. And it was up to me. I could either uh, watch or play. So (laughs) I had to make some excuses. Um, about that I might be, you know, might be busy and only if there's enough space. But if I don't come, then he must have a really good time. Anyway, he was a very sweet boy. And they got off eventually in Edinburgh afterwards. And I was, I'd already met up with um, Isla and Hannah. And I was stood in the middle of the concourse of Edinburgh, Waverley. And this little kid comes across his family. At which point I obviously stop and shout across the sort of, the plaza, if you will. The, the big part where the... Um, where all the boards are, I'm shouting, James, James, hi, look, these are my friends, which he absolutely loved. Um, and yeah, it was yeah, obviously, obviously still got it, chatted up on the train, got invited to a party, might have been a five-year-old, but you know, still got it. So um, that was just a funny kind of start to what was indeed a comedy weekend, which involved uh, but was not limited to yarn, real ale, signing Leona from Fluff's boobs with a sharpie, trapping my own hair in a hairdryer and having to have it cut out, and uh, a, a mirror falling off the wall in the apartment and uh, setting the tap on to full blast randomly, which was uh, more than a little scary. Not quite as scary as the hairdryer incident, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I had a great time going around the yarn shops. I've not been to Be Inspired Fibres, uh, which is in Marchmont for quite a long time, um, probably over a year now, and um, it was great to go in there and see all the new yarns that May had in. I did buy some soak for my friend Kay, and uh, I was particularly enjoying um, a kit that she had in, which I'll mention in Enablers Corner, because we like to do some enabling. So I was chatting away to someone in there, and... I got voice recognised properly for like one of the first kind of proper times that it's happened, um, which was really weird. And I was quite tired, so I was busy 
there was a gentleman and he caught my eye and I was really busy kind of trying to remember where I knew him from and I've since realised that I think I have met him before on another occasion and that's why I was so like, I know that guy but I need to remember because I don't want to be rude but it is still only early uh, and I've been up for a long time already and I just, the fumes, the fumes. So, um, so yeah, it was Ford and Jules, Wool and Flower, who I met there, which was really cool. It's always like... I was like kind of fangirling myself when I can't believe someone actually, real people listen. <laughs> so it was lovely to see them and uh, Leslie Taylor as well. She was there at the same time. So I kind of got fangirled three times at once and was just completely overwhelmed because I really still don't think that anybody other than my mates listened to it. And admittedly, the, the listening figures do say otherwise or I'm very popular, but <laughs> in terms of actual friends who listen, um, but yeah, that was cool. And um, after that, we went along to um, Kathy's Knits and saw Joe and Mika from Edinburgh Yarn Festival in there. And uh, Kathy's is getting worse. There were a, I had to not look at a lot of stuff because there was lots of cool British breed yarns in there um, that I haven't seen before. And I just decided it was safer all round if I just didn't actually look too closely at anything then I wouldn't buy any and that seemed to be quite a successful tactic. After that we went along to Ginger Twist Studio of course with the lovely Gemma and uh, totally enabled her into buying a couple of skeins of uh, yarn and fought myself to not buy a skein of uh, orange uh, Ginger's hand dyed and then off we went to the pub which was in the Safari Lounge. Now this is where they have the Town Mouse Knitting Group, and I've never actually been in this pub before, although I've heard about it a lot. It is highly recommended. The food is delicious. They have a brilliant selection of craft ales. Sorry, just killing a spider there. Uh, including one from Windswept Brewery, which is my local brewery, to here and run by a couple of friends of my husband's who used to be pilots. So obviously I pitched in for one of those. And um, yeah, great food, great beers, uh, cool atmosphere. Um, a little bit out there on the decor, certainly out there in the uh, bathroom department because there's a pith helmet for a, a lampshade. Um, but yeah, really good. I would definitely recommend the Indebri Yarn Crawl for a day out. And we also took uh, part in the evening with socks with our own Claire Divine. I've never been to one of Claire's workshops, surprisingly. Um, but I decided this time I would go and see what all the fuss was about and I'm really glad I did. We had lots of Prosecco and nibbles and lovely cake, lots of giggles and picked up loads of really good tips on socks. Now obviously you know that Claire and I have been working together on this sock project for six months now and I've picked up loads of tips on the way as I'm sure you guys have from the things that she's been talking about and um explaining and the questions she's been answering on the agony and etc um i picked up loads of tips but she had still loads more value to add um in this workshop we did um lots of tips for fitting heels correctly and what you need to bear in mind and then we did some anatomically correct toe patterns so we could have perfectly shaped left and right toe toes for our own feet which was really, really cool, very interesting. Um, 
to hear uh, some more top tips from her. So having now been to one of her workshops, I can absolutely recommend it. Um, I'm not sure whether she offers Prosecco at every workshop. Maybe she should consider that. Um, but it was really, really good fun. So that was the Indiebury Yarn Crawl. And if it is going to be happening next year, and I would highly recommend you pop along to that if you're going to be in the area in June. It was great fun. For all the people that I didn't get to see, sorry, I missed you. And the ones I did get to see, but I haven't mentioned because there were a lot of people there. Um, it was lovely, lovely chatting to you all. And of course, Louise and I did some measuring. We measured some people for Make It Fit 2015. And there's going to be uh, a little announcement on the blog about how you can take part in that later this week. So without further ado, we'll pop over to Enablers Corner. So Enablers Corner this week is all about the kits, about the kits, no trouble. Um, when I was in Be Inspired Fibres at the weekend, I had my eye thoroughly caught by some kits that May had for sale for Latvian mitts. Now, these came in a lovely black box with all the yarns, etc. included and were different kits basically for different beautiful colour work Latvian mittens with designs taken from different regions and from different historical um, sort of time time frames, different centuries, etc. Of, of the traditional patterns and they've been put into uh, kit form for you to reproduce. They look beautiful. The needles are 1.5 millimeter, um, but it would definitely be like quite a cool gift to either give to one of your nitty mates or to put on your own little Christmas list for yourself I think um, really sort of something different that I've not seen anywhere else I think it was knit like a Latvian make the kits but I will put a link in the show notes because May does have now um, a big online shop as well and she stocks a lot of uh, Japanese stitch dictionaries and um different Japanese knitting books as well as some of the more um, sort of oriental type yarns like Lotus and uh, Habu etc are all available on her website now so um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can go and have a look whilst we're on the subject of kits there's also Yarn Undyed Knits who are a new kit brand who specialise in undyed yarns now I saw these guys at um, Edinburgh Yarn Festival and they do uh, knitting kits for beginners to intermediates in a range of different, um, as I say, undyed, natural, untreated yarns. So there are some some kits that are with merino, some have uh, BFL, uh, some have mohair or a mohair blend. And uh, one that particularly caught my eye is something that's a little bit different was the snowflake hat which comes as part of a kit that is baby yak 100% baby yak and 100% baby camel but natural shade so it's kind of like a dark brown and a caramelly brown um if kits are not your thing though they also have the undyed yarns for sale just to buy so i think it's probably the only place that i've seen 100% yak and 100% camel yarns as such I think May might have had a couple 
uh, from Lotus, but these are the only ones that I've seen of any other brand. And um, if that's something you're interested in meddling with and uh, having a play around with, then they could be worth checking out. So that is Yarn Undyed Hyphen Knits, and I will put a link to them in the show notes as well. So on to the sock surgery. So I'm delighted to welcome back Claire Devine to the show today. How are you, Claire? I'm fine, thank you very much. How are you? I am winning at life, my friend. I believe you're going to do another book review for us today. I am. I don't know if you can hear the strange banging. That's my unusually strange neighbours, just in case anyone can hear the strange banging. I'm not sure what they do. Unusually strange? Is that even more strange than strange? Yeah, they make some really weird noises, my upstairs neighbours. I don't really know what they do. I've just tried to think of it, that they have a rowing machine above our lounge and that they do a lot of rowing. Because if you imagine what a rowing machine might sound like on the ceiling, if it was on the floor above you, that kind of strange noise and that, that's what they do all the time. It's very odd. Sometimes I think rather not what you know. Maybe you want to cut that out. <laughs> no, it's quite funny. I was trying to remember the name of the, what's it called, with the barber? The barber's upstairs and the kitchen's downstairs and he kills them and she puts them in the pies. Sweeney Todd. It reminded me of that. Oh. I'm sure there are no dead people upstairs. Or if there were, you'd have noticed the blood coming through the ceiling by now. Anyway. Oh, I did. Oh, no, Joe. They did just cut a hole in my ceiling in my bathroom because of a leak from upstairs. This is all very scary. Dead people. It, it was... Looks like water. It was water. <coughs> Bleach. Oh my goodness, Joe, that's really horrible. Right, on to Koopnet socks. Not strange in any way, you like my strange name. Massive segue there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so I am reviewing a book today by Rachel Coopy, who is the best of British talent. She's... um. Yeah, fa- fantastic British sock designer. And this is her second sock book, Coopnitz, uh, Coopnitz 2. And it was released at the beginning of this year. So, uh, again, I suppose the same with Hunter Hansen. I have to say that I'm a big fan of Rachel Coopy's work. I think she's a great sock designer. So I'm going to try and not be too fangirl. But I suppose, I suppose I do source these books myself for review. So... In all honesty, I'm not going to go and pick something that I really dislike. Which, um, But yeah, this is supposed to be inspirational anyway. So I just thought I'd let you know that at the beginning. So this is a book of 12 patterns. And they have a really, it's quite a wide range of designs. Um, she's got colour work and lace and cables and textures and lots of different heels. Um, so there's, there's lots of scope in there. And one of the things I really like about the book is I think it's the kind of book you could buy as an aspiring sock knitter and it could take you on a journey from being quite new to sock knitting and and quite inexperienced to being sort of more advanced and wanting to try sort of more challenging patterns because it's not laid out in that sort of progression of like this is really easy and this is a little bit harder and a little bit harder. Um, But you can certainly flicking through the book 
I think you could certainly start at points. And then some people find certain things easier than others. So I think you could be like, oh, that looks quite achievable for me now. And then once you've done that one, I'm sure you could find something else. So some are more complicated than others. But there's definitely a lot of scope in there, which is nice because often beautiful, beautiful sock books are just beautifully, beautifully complicated, which is fine. But as we've discussed previously, you don't always want something that's like mind-bendingly hard to knit. So it starts with the Dave socks and um, they're just brilliant. They're plain socks. And actually, I'm going to randomly segue into the one thing that I really, really love about this book is that she has pictures of the socks on men and women. And while some of the socks are maybe a little more on the feminine side than others, I definitely think that the vast majority of these in the right yarn could be great unisex socks. And I think men out there deserve, not my husband, because he says he doesn't like hand-knitted things, but most men out there um, deserve really nice socks, not just plain gray, boring socks, unless they want plain gray, boring socks. So how is gray even boring? How, how did you just say that gray was boring? You're clearly divine. Well, yeah, well, it's not to me, but to be honest, like if you just knit someone a plain pair of dark gray vanilla socks, I kind of feel like just go and buy them a packet of socks from Marks and Spencers. I hate to say that, but so I like it because they're actually shown on men as well. Often I think as, as designers, we will say something is unisex, but then we knit it in a very, I suppose this is very stereotypical, but a more feminine color and show it on a woman. And it's kind of hard sometimes to see how something like in a soft pale lilac shown on a, on a woman could be worn by your husband or partner or something like it's not not impossible but I think it's nice to have something shown in different contexts with different colors and and it and allows you it enables you to visualize things so that's great and I thought about that when I thought about the name Dave so Dave is her plain it's pretty much a plain vanilla sock um, it's a choice of heels and um, it's a really good starting point there are um, charts and written instructions so as opposed to the last book we looked at, this one has both. And I think it's a good opportunity if you want to learn charts, but you find them a little bit intimidating. What you could do is you could knit from the charts, but then you've got the backup of the written instructions. And when I was teaching people to read lace charts, I always said that this is a good sort of stepping stone. You've got the security of the written instructions, but you try to work from the chart and eventually you will graduate to not being able to work from written instructions because they will make your eyes swim and you'll be like, where is the chart? So that's great. And I, and I really love to see that because as someone who puts patterns together and stuff, I know that sometimes generating all those written instructions can be a bit of a nightmare and fitting them into the page and making them look beautiful. So I think it's really, really good that they're in there. Very helpful for people. There are quite a few how-tos, which I think are very helpful, especially given the fact that you could buy this book to knit the Dave socks as a pair of vanilla socks, having never knit a pair of socks before, but wanting to learn to knit other things. And Rachel's put in there how to do Kitchener, how to do a long tail cast on, lots of links to tutorials. So it's a really good resource book. And then there are a couple of words of wisdom. Those are Rachel's words, not mine. And um, in her words of wisdom, she gives lots of information about gauge and size and choosing size and negative ease. And so lots of 
sort of sock buzzwords that you might hear that you want more explanation on. And I, I often think it's nice to read everyone's take on things because people explain things in different ways. And one person explaining Kitchener Stitch to you might sound like a foreign language, but another person explaining it to you might sound like plain old English or whatever language it is that you sort of almost accustomed to. So there's lots and lots of information in there. Um, 12 patterns and three sizes on each pattern, I think, unless I've missed out some of them. And um, I think they all come in small, medium and large. So a reasonable amount of scope there for, for most people. Um, and then I've got a couple of faves. So I really like um, Orville, which is a, it's a, surprisingly enough, an afterthought heel sock. I think I've been converted. Um, it's got a, a beautiful swirl afterthought heel or, um, or a star afterthought heel. So it's got something a little bit different there. And um, it's definitely unisex. It's got this really cool zigzag ribbing um, pattern across it. So I really, really like that one. That's the one that jumped out at me. Um, another one that I really like, and I like the fact that um, I seem to be using like a lot, but I'm sorry about that. I, I enjoy the fact that Rachel's thought about something that's quite common out there in the yarn market and designed something to be used for that. So we've all seen the little packs of gradient mini skeins at, at the shows or in yarn shops. They're like the sweets at the checkout. You just sort of buy them and then walk out and think, why? Why do I have this packet of tiny pieces of yarn? What am I going to do with them? Um, well, here you go. You can knit an Otis sock, which is... Um, sort of a, a colour work, colour work sock, it's got a lovely little ribbed foot and it's got some gradiated colour work that goes up the leg. So it's good colour work practice. Again, it's another one of those sort of skills that she's added into the book, uh, but very achievable, I think. It's not like uber complicated colour work uh, and it uses these packs of, of gradient yarns. So you could use a, a gradient yarn or a self-stripe or, or sort of anything and have a bit of fun with colour there. So lots and lots of things. I would... I think I'd recommend it for someone who is, is looking for maybe a little bit of a challenge in their sock knitting journey, if they're wanting to learn things. As I said before, I definitely think it's a book you can progress through um, and learn lots of skills and have lots of amazing socks. So you could work through it in a year and then you'd have a pair of socks for every month. That doesn't really make, make you, sorry, you'd make a pair of socks every month. I don't know if you could wear a pair of socks for a whole month. That might be a bit long. But um, yeah, and it's on Ravelry for £17 and it's in print for £18 and you can buy it directly from Rachel uh, via her big cartel shop, which is always good. I like to buy things directly and you get a free ebook. I also know that many, many good yarn shops have Rachel's patterns. So if you want to support your local yarn shop, because they're very important as well, um, give them a shout and see if they've got it. So that's my take on Koopnitz Volume 2. And I've got a copy to give away as well. So that will be on the blog with the normal two-week um, closing date. And the information, the exact dates will be in the show notes. Awesome. I like her hair. I like oh, her hair cool. too. Just I like her hair. hair. I like her hair. I wanted grey hair once, but it didn't work. I know hers is not really grey. Hers is more like a lilac-y colour, but mm. yeah. She has nice hair and nice socks. Clearly, the socks are up there. But, you know, she does and have she's quite nice, hair. actually. She's, I've met her briefly a couple of times. She's mm. nice. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Nice, nice seems to be my word. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I should 
nice and like you're a little bit vanilla like today the, aren't you nice it's a bit like my but actually I do really I love it it's brilliant mm. uh, but I yeah it's because you used to pour the love on Hunter I did there's only so much love to go around <laughs> Claire does have a giveaway of Koopnitz Volume 2 ongoing on her blog at the moment over at yarnandpointy6.com. So if you want to be in with the chance to win your own copy of that book, um, head on over to her website. I will put a link in the show notes and enter by leaving a comment underneath the blog post. So after a uh, rave reception if you will for the comedy perfume review i have brought another one for you there was a bit of a conversation on twitter and amanda uh, amanda amanda classy squid on twitter um i was discussing um i couldn't remember the name of uh, one of the perfumes because it all got a bit into retro perfumes and everyone started talking about it it's a bit of friday night madness if you will and I jumped up and shouted um, on Twitter by using capitals, obviously. Uh, Stop press, tribal. Now, I got confused between tribe, the perfume by Coty, and tribal, the call sign of uh, one of the old Tornado GR4 squadrons, and shouted tribal when what I actually meant was tribe. Um, and it is tribe by Coty. Now, Tribe was one of the perfumes of my youth and there have been several other absolute corkers that have come out that I can't wait to bring you the perfume reviews of, including, but not limited to, an A&A, exclamation, and sunflowers. And um, Tribe was one of the ones that I had as a teenager. I think I must have been a teenager. Um, on... St. Patrick's Park in Wigan, where we used to go and play um, with our uh, Adidas tracky bottoms on. Uh, do you remember that? When you used to wear Adidas tracky bottoms with the um, the little lines across the calf. You had a, like a red line or a green line, depending on whether you had black or blue Adidas tracky bums. And then there would be the different colour tracky top in sort of a viscose polyester material. So I had like a light blue, sky blue tracky top and I had navy blue adidas tracky pants and um, normally you would well when they first came out it wasn't um it wasn't color coordinated but after a little while they got into the whole adidas trackies thing and you would get a brightly colored tracky top and then you'd get the opposite color usually the darker color on the bottom tracky bottom so you'd have like black and orange so the tracky top would be orange with black stripes and then the tracky bottoms would be black with orange stripes i'll find some pictures for you just in case you can't remember but i bet you do the same way that you remember shell suits and so there's me with my adidas tracky top on and my slightly non-matching tracky bottoms um on st pat's park with my tribe perfume on um, now Tribe was a fairly cheap perfume that was available in Superdrug and um, about seven quid a bottle I think and uh, I always remember it smelling a bit like carrots which is how the request for this perfume review came up because 
Classy Squid said, I have to know more. And I chirped back, called for and got in episode 51. So Amanda, this little puppy, this treat is for you. Now, the blurb reads thus. Tribe by Coty is an oriental floral fragrance for women. Tribe was launched in 1991. Top notes are green notes, mandarin, orange, raspberry, peach, apple, bergamot and lemon. Middle notes are cyclamen, jasmine, lily of the valley and rose. Base notes are sandalwood, amber, musk, oak moss and cedar. This is rubbish. It smelled like carrots. Um, but let's see what people had to say about this. Now, I did find a particularly good one. And um, there were a lot of average ones saying, oh, I used to love this when I was when I was young. Um, but there was one in particular by Sparkly, Sparky Bish. Now, the per last time I said that the person who did the review had one red balloon for next to their name well this lady she's got like six she's it's, it's like op she's got more balloons than everyone else going so i'd imagine this means that she writes a lot of reviews but i'm not sure but i think i quite like sparkly bish and by the end of this i think you will too so picture a middle school dance in 1990 i have sky high bangs in the awesome hartford early 90s style of a sheer cliff face of three inches from my forehead straight up, which curl back and to the side with a precision spiral curl that I have shellacked into place with my trusty can of rave. I have on my coral tiered ruffle skirt and two t-shirts with the sleeves rolled up to show the contrast. My salmon libby white flats with the tiny bow adorn my tiny pre-growth spurt feet. In short, I look pretty slamming for a 13-year-old. When I move, a delicate but unique cloud of fruitiness moves with me. That'll be the carrots. There is something playful about the way I smell, but an emerging sexuality too. No one else has discovered this twisty bottle of perfume at the CVS yet, so they all smell like exclamation and electric youth. I see my middle school boyfriend across the room. He looks amazing with his flock of seagulls hair and said Cavarici parachute pants. Are they like swans? The smell of a smoke machine fills my nose. He walks over to me as the slow song begins to play. We dance with his hands on my waist and my arms on his shoulders. We do not kiss for another 18 months because I was a good girl and that song Papa Don't Preach scared my hormonal butt straight. That's it. Nothing about the notes, no smell of <laughs> nail polish remover or anything else quite as... Um, quite as in-depth as the last one but I thought that one was pretty good I don't know about you I'm not really sure she managed it in 1990 when it came out in 1991 but you know don't let the truth ruin the way of a good story so um so there you have it that's tried by Coty as told in via the medium of comedy internet perfume reviews now if you have any comedy classics to add to those list of icons really uh from the beginning such as an a and a uh ck one's another good one uh sunflowers and exclamation then uh, feel free to get in touch i'd be delighted to uh, put those out for you so without further ado i think it's time to wrap up mm -hmm. 
Well, that's all I've got time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and uh, in particular the perfume review which as you can probably tell I got quite into. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. I quite I find it quite funny. <laughs> and and feel that somewhat my sense of humor is returning with the returning son and husband. So um All that remains for me to say now is to wish you all a great week, happy crafting, and speak to you all again soon. Bye! You've been listening to the Shiny Bees Podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy, and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog. Or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided by Music Alley and it is Adam and the Walter Boys and I Need a Drink. I need a drink.